A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GEA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GEA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie forward slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A grain, alright. A, a grain, alright. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. Now that small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, I'm going to tell you, tell you, that there won't be a cow milk in County Clare and by the former Cork footballer, Larry Tompkins. We will be talking about Mayo and Galway, about the decline of the dubs, about the glory of Ulster football, but we are going to start with Munster football. Larry, uh, will Cork beat Kerry on Sunday? <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think they'd beat him uh, last year, but um, look, uh, it was one of those days. I think Cork-Kerry, uh, no matter what type of form goes into the game, it's kind of thrown out the window, so... And actually, Kerry are very, very hot favourites. They're playing extremely well. Uh, Cork probably, on the other hand, kind of had an up-and-down league, survived um, getting relegated. So, look, they're going to Killarney. They have a mountain to climb. But who knows? Uh, it's one of those days that, you know, it could throw up anything. We'll come back to Cork in a minute. Are you impressed with Kerry? Well, two years ago, I talked to Windy all uh, It's funny because I had a lot of these guys. I trained the UCC Freshers team about going on, what, four or five years ago now. And I had a lot of these carry boys, eight or nine of them. And I just thought like that uh, I was very uh, taken with their attitude, their commitment, um, just their complete focus on kind of getting the best out of themselves and to try and advance onto the senior team at that stage. A lot of these guys like Jason Foley, Brian Begley, Tom Sullivan, Sean O'Shea, Killian Splan. These guys like entered the senior team when they were only 18, 19 years of age. So they they kind of um, needed probably a few years to kind of man up to the kind of physical strains as probably was needed. Uh, I thought like that they would probably overrun Dublin two years ago. Uh, they nearly got there, uh, but probably a bit of inexperience maybe cost them near the end, the first day in particular. Second day, they were close to them as well. Like, uh, But I think last year, they kind of got caught. 
and I think this year they're on a they're on a different mission. They look strong, uh, they look forceful, they look like they're settled, uh, they look like they have a good bench, uh, they look like they're moving with with an awful lot of pace, like that they're looking down the line, like to naturally to be able to beat the like a double. So a lot of things going right at the moment, and uh, I unfortunately don't see that changing on Sunday. I think till they'll advance and um, they'll set up a, a mouth water and clash with Dublin in the semi-final. Do you see that they, they would they would actually play the winners of Tyrone Donegal in the in a in a semi-final and it would be yeah. a final. But do you see do you see Kerry then as All Ireland champions in waiting? Are they are they you, who the team who you think will win the All Ireland? Yeah without a doubt. I just think like this um I just think they've improved so much. I just think physically which they needed to get to, you know, you take the likes of uh, Sean O'Shea like that. Two years ago, like, he, he's a fantastic footballer. Like, he has all the attributes, uh, brilliant free taker, brilliant on the ball. Uh, now he's able to shake off tackles. He's able to beat his man. He's able to win the ball uh, physically. You know, Tom Sullivan, another guy that's really after taking on, um, uh, you know, that kind of a role of, of, of up and down the field. Jason Foley is a guy like that probably is, is probably the one guy that's really after maturing, you know, tight, tenacious. And uh, let's not forget, he was, a, I think, an all-errand sprinter, like going back like to his younger days. Like So he has plenty of pace back there and a big guy. Uh, I just see them overall, they're, 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 they look like the complete package at the moment. And um, I think they're introduction of the bench like is critical too nowadays and uh, you have the likes of Tommy Welch, Killian Splan, uh, these guys coming off the bench like and you know they add enormous strength uh, to the Kerry setup and um, I just think they're the team to beat um, I just think that Dublin have been an exceptional team over the last number of years but um, you know unfortunately for the like of Mayo I think they could have won one or two of those all errands uh, Kerry could have maybe got it two years ago, so I think it's Kerry's turn this time. You played senior inter county football at sixteen. You then you talk. You spoke yourself previously about having been, you know, needing to build your build yourself up. And I think uniquely for the late seventies and early eighties, or at least it was hugely exceptional. You went into a gym. Yeah, I just think Paul is just uh, you know. I think when you're an inter county player, you have. You have an exception. You you have a certain amount of ability. Like, I think you have to, you know, you have to develop yourself like physically, uh, particularly physically and mentally. I think physically, if you become in good shape and physically very strong and feel like that, you get that belief from doing that. And when you enter the, you know, the big stages, you're, you're not intimidated by anybody. You believe more in yourself, and. Um, I think like that you're 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 more of a competitor on the field and you're more of a complete player, and um, I do think like that. Uh, there is I I I say to Cork down here. I think that players have been kind of lost because players have been left, not bringing them in early enough and developing them. Uh, 18, 19 years of age, they should be brought in. Like they've had very good minor on the twenty on the twenty teams, and we've seen a lot of those players over the last eight, ten years been lost. And it's due to the fact like that they're just not developed the way other players are developed from uh, the bigger counties that's having success. And I do think Cork are in that mold now. They are bringing in players a lot younger. 
and trying to develop them and get them to that stage. And I think Kerry are at that stage now. I think their squad has really developed. And for a player's development, you need all the attributes to be able to go forward. You cannot compete. You cannot compete even back in my day, Ocean's day, um, and today. Even the, 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 today's training has gone to a different level again, and you're not going to be able to compete. Uh, we see the teams that's highly developed, and we see other teams then just blown out of the water because we're just not able to compete. So it, it does take a lot, a lot of commitment uh, individually from yourself to get yourself right. We can all go to uh, collective training, and we do what's uh, you know on the rota call for that hour and a half or two hours. But don't be foolish. I think a player's development is within himself. And if he's not committed to do that, well, then he's not going to get to the level that's required. Oshin, do you see Kerry as All-Ireland champions in waiting? Is this just one more step on the road to Sam? Uh, not really, no. Um, I think there's still a lot. They still have a lot to prove. Um, I think what may not help them is that I think they could be on a collision course with Tyrone. Uh, I'm not completely writing off Monaghan. It's too close of a game to call. I've said for some time that I think the next uh, team that wins uh, the All-Ireland from Ulster could be four, possibly five years away. Um, but the reason why I, I think that that's a tricky game, if that if that's the game that happens, that's a tricky game, is because of what happened in Killarney and the shipping of the six goals. And I think... That definitely seems to have focused the mind as far as uh, as far as Throne's concerned. Um, but I just like when I watch Kerry, uh, and and the interesting thing what Larry was talking about this morning is that the majority of players that he mentioned first off are defenders. So Foley, Obugliak, if I'm pronouncing Thomas that Sullivan. if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Crowley, uh, White, um, like. That's really where the improvement has to come, and, and a dramatic improvement. And the other uh, place, as things open up and we get into Crow Park, um, are they prepared to play David Moore in the middle of the field? Uh, or are they going to go with the two mobile guys, the, uh, Spillane and O'Connor? And I think that that offers them a better opportunity, with David Moore obviously playing a part. Um, but maybe a part when the sting goes out of the game a little bit, and you know to come in and 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 finish things off to when things get tight, you know to have that outlet of you know kicking the ball to him and him winning that initial possession. Uh, but definitely, I, I don't think Kerry are. I don't think Kerry are massively further on, believe it or not, than than they were. I think what has made a massive difference is they've got the bit between their teeth because of what happened last year. I think Cork are going to pay a, a hefty price for that uh, at the weekend. Um, but I, I still think there's loads of question marks as far as uh, as far as Gary's concerned. And I think part of that comes for like if I was managing against uh, Kerry in, tomorrow, like I mean, there's a, there's an acceptance. You got to hold your hands up and say, look, at David Clifford's probably going to get one. He's probably going to get one four. And you know what? If he does. <laughs> Somebody's done an, an absolutely brilliant job on him. But um, I think what we've seen before, as far as Clifford's concerned, is uh, just trying to starve him of, of that possession, trying to slow things down in the middle in the middle area of the field. And it's nothing has said to me that, that Dublin or, or Mayo are still not capable of, or even the Tyrone are still not capable of doing that against them. So 
Uh, still think there's a, Kerry still a bit of work, a bit of work to do, but I think definitely uh, the kick up the hole they got last year against uh, against Cork is definitely standing them in good stead, and they're getting they're getting a lot of mileage out of it at this stage. And I think uh, once they get to the weekend, they'll be putting that that uh, goes to bed. But there's another. There's another, there's another challenge and and two more, possibly two more challenges ahead. So they still have a, they still have a bit of a road to travel. I think. Are you dismissing Cork's chances again this year? See Paul, <laughs> see Paul. Yes, but um, I, I have to say that that uh, having had a little bit of feedback on my analysis of of Cork. And the last uh, number of months, uh, I've I've gone all out. What do you mean by that? What feedback? What feedback have you got? That, that perhaps that I've been maybe harsh at times, and I think I think maybe some of that is is fair enough. I, I think maybe that I said about I think the last day I talked about Cork, I mentioned about the structure, and uh, having reviewed it, the, the structure is definitely better. Uh, it's not what it should be. I mean. If you have a midfield, two midfielders and and maybe two half backs ahead of the ball in an attack, and the, and the ball's turned over, that's not good enough structure for me. I don't think there's any need for all of those four players in in very definitive areas of the field to be uh, to be ahead of the ball. No, absolutely no reason. And um, and I think that leaves themselves very open. They're very open on the break. I see, we've seen it against Westmead in the in the in the uh, relegation. Yeah, the relegation playoff. Sorry, and then we've seen it against uh, Tipperary last. It was Tipperary uh, against Tipperary against Limerick. Limerick. Sorry, the last day. And and I think when, when, uh, on review of it, the one other thing that I would say about Cork is that fifteen. Plays 15, 14, generally speaking, plays 14. Those parts don't seem to be as movable as some of the other teams, especially the top teams. Uh, they don't give you enough, they probably don't ask you enough questions defensively. Um, but definitely things have improved. I will hold my hands up and say that things have definitely improved and they're definitely, I think they're definitely on the right path, but it's a work in progress and there's still a lot more work to do. And, and if they get, if they get, 11, 12 players ahead of the ball and Kerry turned them over at the weekend. It could be complete carnage. It really could. Larry, you're one of that most rare of things, a Cork footballer who's won a match in Killarney in Championship football. Uh, why do Cork find it so difficult to win in Killarney? I don't... <laughs> Look, uh, I suppose I was very lucky like that I came from... I suppose myself and Shea Fahey, we weren't kind of born in Cork. We we didn't have kind of the the baggage that a lot of the Cork players had, like of going to Killarney and getting hammered. Uh, it was just a kind of a, a weekend away for the supporters because they knew they had no chance of winning or they didn't give themselves any chance or no belief. Like, um, But I think in my nine or ten times playing in Killarney or eight times, I think, you know, I... I uh, Thanks, thanks for the God. I only had one defeat there. So, um, I just think it's down to like uh, your desire. I, I think within Cork, they have a lot of good players. Uh, what are they missing? They're, they're missing leadership. They're missing. They're missing um, guys in the dressing room. Managers can do so much, but you need you need a package of five or six players that's 
that's able to grab guys by the scruff of the neck before training, at training, at matches, that you know, get them into that mold of 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 this is life, like this is, you know, uh, this means everything, like, and you know, at times like a lot of car fellas maybe would have football maybe third or fourth choice and that's not the way it can work if you want to win all errand so i just think to need that main streak again carry like and and that was probably lacking like certainly i think when when we arrived even though the cork had an abundance of talent like through a lot of success at the under 21 ranks that time they had won six all errands like in, in under 21 titles like in that era like and you had a massive load of players coming through but still, like the, the felt, the felt in fear to carry. They felt like that, you know. If there were that time you you arrived at Killarney Stadium, uh, it's different nowadays. Like that, you you you're protected, unreal. But that time you got out of the bus and you walked through the crowd. But I think the Cork team, before if they seen the Kerry team, they let them go first because they nearly genuflected them. So you cannot, you cannot go along like that. Like to be successful, you have to have. You know, you have to have a belief in yourself and you have to have a belief in your team and you have to have a desire. And uh, as I said, Cork have a lot of good players, uh, but I just feel I just feel maybe that you just lack that development and that desire maybe at times like that you want to, you know, if you want to get something, you you, you, you mean business like. So I, I think it can be intimidating like for a lot of Cork fellas going to Killarney, but uh, hopefully they have... Um, a good young squad coming along and they're developing them fairly well now. And I think down the line, maybe it's not going to happen maybe this year, but I do think in a few years' time, hopefully Cork will be will be a strong force if they maintain that their 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 their, their level that they're that they're, they're at the moment or, or, or going towards. But um you know just listen to Oshin there in relation to um a few points there about the Cork lads like the you know the I just feel like that you know, Carpy Kerry last year. They went in then uh, again Tipperary, and you know Tipperary were. You know, you take three or four or five other players like, and if you you kind of cut them out of it, like you know it was a, uh, you know Cork had to win, but they just went in like um, I don't know, like a lame duck, and just didn't mind these uh, dangerous fellas that Tipperary had. But Cork moved the ball too slow, like you cannot move the ball too slow in the modern game, like, and that's why. I like Kerry this year. Like I just think that they're, they're the, if you look at the Kerry team, they're not delaying the ball in any way. And I just think like that. I, I was glad to hear Paul that they're not playing double maybe in the semi final, or maybe it might be a good thing. I think they might catch him in the semi final. Or but I just think like that they're looking to that level. Like that they just feel like that they're probably they were going into the challenge losing possession at vital stages in the other and two years ago. Yeah. And, uh, I just think like that they're different now. If you look at their, any of their players, the ball has moved quick and fast. And I just think that they're going to be very, very hard to beat. Like uh, you have the likes of Tyrone, maybe they might come out of uh, Ulster. And I had a good look at them last week. Uh, and the two the lads that are managing the first time. Coaster's going to be, if they do meet Kerry in a semi final, there'll be talks about the league match. But uh let's not forget like this that that Kerry have a lot of kind of baggage with Tyrone over the years and uh they will want to get them at that stage too and if they do get there I just couldn't see Tyrone beating Kerry um not had, not not where the both teams are at the moment I just couldn't see it 
Um, but I'm not been. Uh, I know uh, uh, Oshin has a soft spot for Tyrone up there. And uh. <laughs> funny you should say that, actually, Larry. <laughs> I, I watched the. Uh, I went. I actually recorded the uh, BBC coverage of the Tyrone Donegal match, and yeah. there was an amazing incident at half time where. Oshin is a changed man over the last 12 months here. Oshin referred to Tyrone as we at one stage in the halftime coverage. Yeah. It was actually a kind of an anomaly. Not a chance. You absolutely <laughs> did. Not a chance, Paul. You were no. talking about how a high ball went in. Come on, Paul, you're better than that. Between Matty Donnelly and Darren McCurry, it's on the record, and you says, we can't have it, and then you corrected yourself. I don't know if it was because you thought it was a mistake or whether you you know, you, you revealed yourself. <laughs> Being in the studio with Peter Canavan <laughs> and Mickey Hart has made you a different person. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Paul. It was very warm at the weekend. <laughs> That's, the <only> <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's the only thing I could put that down to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, he was dehydrated, Paul. He was dehydrated. <laughs> I thought this this is amazing. I, like uh, it's, it's it's hands hands across the barricades here. It's Fando yeah. Ballet playing in the there background. We <laughs> <laughs> um, we should actually talk about those Ulster Championship matches because, as we say, the winners of the Munster final on Sunday will ultimately play the winners of the Ulster Championship in the All Ireland semi final and. These were two very different matches, which we will talk about in a while. But these two matches were totally overshadowed by a devastating tragedy. The loss of the Monaghan under-20 captain, Brendan O'Duffy. And we offer sincere sympathies to his family, to his friends, to his clubmates, the people of Monaghan. Oshin, you knew Brendan O'Duffy. Yeah, <coughs> uh, the experience of, of, of coaching him. Uh, a couple of cases, Banty had the uh, the under seventeens at DKT, and I'd taken a couple of sessions, and um, he was somebody that uh, stood out for me because he didn't stand out initially. You know, if you're if you're standing around, and you're looking at the modern day footballer, and you're looking at big physical specimens. You know, you're thinking, um, you know, this guy. You know, if he can play, if, he, if if this guy can play football or that guy can play football, Benny O didn't really stand out in that way. But as soon as you know, he got into a match situation, whatever it was, he was just like, and his communication levels for a, for a sixteen or seventeen year old was was unbelievable. And I think um, it's had such a profound effect on the youth uh, in the area. Um, I know a couple of the guys I'm training, obviously, in a skiing up morning, and, and a couple of guys run that on the 20 team with him and would have played the whole way up with him. And um, just the devastation. <clears throat> um, a lot of those guys walked into Newry on on Saturday before the game and, and looked obviously very, very downtrodden. And, and, um, and it, as I say, it, it had a serious, profound effect on, on us. I said, you know, before the game, there wasn't a massive appetite for football in in Newry on 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 Saturday, um, and uh, you know this guy's uh, death. You know it has been compared to to the death of Conor McAllen in that it's touched so many people, and I think uh, that's that's probably anybody who who remembers uh, the scenes around what happened with, with Conor McAllen will realise that um, very similar in character. Very, very similar in character. Leaders, you know, way before their time, um, get the absolute maximum out of themselves, uh, and just like, uh, just a really good, solid gay. And I think um, the circumstances in which it happened, 
um, the taming of it and everything else. Um, as I say, there was there was very little appetite for 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 a game of football in in Uri on on Saturday, and that was because it had hit people so hard, you know. On on one level, it seems more than a little crass to talk about a football match in in the context of such a loss. But I think I think Paul though that the football match in the end was was important. Yeah, I agree. I was, I was just going to say that. Like, I think both the story of his life and the way the game was played was a reminder of just how much football means to um, to all of us, I suppose. But what it means to people and to communities, and it's why people continue to play and watch the game because it's a meaning that goes beyond just the the mere game itself. It felt like this. Like, I don't want to get too deep into this, but it felt like the start of the healing process, and it felt it was an important part of that healing process. And again, not to repeat myself, but as I said, football seemed insignificant, yet very significant. If that if that if that makes yeah. sense. And um, and as I say, that was it seemed like the first part of the healing process. And uh, and you know, like I think for those eighty minutes or whatever it was, people just got lost in a in an epic sporting event. And uh, and look, it's just like almost like it was. It was meant. To, that's the way that game was meant to develop, and that's the way that game was meant to happen, and that's the way that um, that was a fitting tribute to the to the young lad, you know. And and again, sincere condolences to his to his family and and friends, and ultimately in this match when it was played, saw Monaghan concede two goals and twenty one points in an Ulster Championship match and win. <sighs> yeah. Um... The, the four goals, you know, was a bit of an operation as far as Armagh were concerned. Armagh didn't start with Aidan Falker, and and I think that hurt us. Um, and like we just we just didn't work hard enough in the uh, around that middle sector to to slow the ball into the full four lane, and you know, by the time we had it sorted out, obviously now you can say it was too late, but you know the the recovery that Armagh made was was unbelievable, but. Like I, 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 there's two, there's, there's two girls who do the um stats for Mona and and they were waiting to get the DVD of uh, uh, of BBC after it and and you know I seen them going to the trucks as as most of the, these guys normally will, and I just said to them you just need to you just need to fire that in the bin never analyze that game because that never that stuff will never happen again that was just one of those things, and like as. I felt for Banty and I felt for Geezer because we've all been in that situation where you're going like, <laughs> I could change what I want here, but there's an inevitability about the fact that we have both completely lost control of, of, of what's going on here and it's just taken on a life of its own. And that's the sport that I remember growing up, uh, you know, not just not just Gaelic football, but a lot of the sporting stuff I remember, and probably those sort of events are maybe fewer and and more far between than they've ever been, but it was just a pleasure to be there on, on Saturday evening because even though I had the two boys with me and uh, there was there was 15 minutes of tears and stuff like that because, uh, you know, they've never seen our man in Ulster final and it would have been, it would have been uh, great to just even be there. It would have been another stepping stone for this team, but um, the fight and the heart of Monon showed scary. Conor McManus at the end of the game won three frees, converted three frees, basically won the match for Monaghan. Yeah, it was just um, 
look, just going back to a few things there on, on Brendan, um, just everyone down here in Cork, uh, I think Gohud all over the country, all over the world, uh, if you're a GA head, um, just uh, something you just don't want to hear, uh, you know, and uh, but please God, you know, the GA is, 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 is massive friends all over the place and uh, they'll rally around, please God, and they'll give the family great support and he's club Monaghan Harps, like, um, you know, I'm sure like to have go ahead with, with, with the circumstances, but, you know, no disrespect to Armagh, but it was very emotional, but it was a fitting tribute that um, Monaghan were successful at the end in, in, in an enthralling game, like of, 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 of the way the game went from the first half to the second half and uh, uh, fitting that such an outstanding player, like, you know, stood tall um, and was able to kind of uh, guide those balls over the bar, like when, when the pressure was at its greatest and the emotions were at its highest. So um, I don't think um, anybody understands our mad people, uh, begrudged really Monaghan the victory on such a very very sad day and a sad week for everybody in the GA world the the game itself Aidan O'Rourke the your former uh, teammate with Armagh Oisin he wrote a, a really interesting column a few weeks ago on on the RT website in which he said he, he was basically talking about how the game had changed and Larry, I don't know how you, I don't know if you saw this article, but can I just read you a few sentences from it? Yeah. He said, we now have a playing environment where shadowing passes for tackling and skills that don't contribute to the creation of scores are diminishing steadily. And so the game is one where someone who wanted, so the game is where someone wanted it to be five years ago. That is high scoring and approaching non-contact in nature. It may now be a product that sells to the modern middle class as they decide which of the array of sporting options best suits their kids for the weekend, but it has lost much of the physicality and sense of contest that set Gaelic games apart. Yeah, um, look, it's something that I've kind of mentioned a lot over the last number of years. I think from apart from a, a few games, I know maybe the scores are high, but I do think uh, he has a good point there in relation to the game. I think you can have a low-scoring game, but you can have ferocious battles. You can have uh, very competitive action, like with with man markers. Um, but a lot of the games can be very laboured, uh, ball going from side to side, very slow, uh, back to the goalie. I just felt like when the rule changes were there, I think it was evident, like that a few rule changes needed to be changed. Just say you had the goalkeeper to kick the ball out past the 45-yard line. Surely straight away you would have a different type of game. Surely the goalkeeper, even in soccer, they, 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 they decided it was such bore that not to be passing back to the goalie. Now the goalie is becoming an outfield player. Apart from kicking freeze off the ground, he's, he's now um, playing as a 16-man out the field. Now we see the trend now starting. So... Look, I think the game with a few little changes uh, could have helped. I don't agree uh, with this kind of black card. Um, I just think the game is uh, can be a lot of non-contact. I think you can have an awful lot of players like that can fool an awful lot of referees in relation to 
you know the bits of diving or the bits of holding that can be done be done um football is all she knows it like it's a manly game it's a physical game and i think a lot of the skills and the physicality are gone out of the game and when you have a lot of players to go on the field to play a game of football sure look they don't need to wear their football boots all they're doing is a lot of money hand past the ball so is that what we want uh, and it's something that i really said it back seven eight years ago you could see like the way the trend was changing and i think with a few little rule changes uh, would have made a huge difference and like i know i kicked free from the ground myself but i as a young fella back in the early 70s late 60s used to go to Crow Park alone to see Tony McTeague of Offaly um, kick free is because he was such a genius. People go to rugby matches to, to see Johnny Wilkinson of England and, and Ron Agar of Munster in Ireland kicking uh, uh, balls off the ground. Now we, uh, we, we bring up the goalkeeper that's the only guy that can kick the ball off the ground. Like that's an exceptional, in my book, uh, an exceptional skill that has been thrown away and there's no outfield player now that practice and kick and freeze it is brilliant to see the likes of sean shea with the exception uh and dean rock uh kick and freeze from the ground i just think it's an art and uh i think that the ga has lost an awful lot of the skills and the physicality that people enjoyed with the game and um i don't like like a lot of the games i don't like the way they're played um but of course, I watch them because I'm just fanatical to watch them. But is it is it is it the right thing? I'd have my doubts. Oshin, was it a very different game between Tyrone and Donegal than it was to Monaghan and and Armagh? Uh, coincidentally, I used to go to Crow Park to watch Larry Tompkins uh, head freeze off the ground. But um, the 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 two games were different in that I I would have described. Uh, and I actually did describe McCollum on, on Monday as uh, Sunday was more set-piece football. It was more uh, the football that managers are very, very, very comfortable with because um, they can have, when football's played like that, you can have a dramatic effect with one or two switches, whether it be personnel or whether that be, uh, you know, tweaking how, uh, like it was, it, like the one tweak that Jerome made at the weekend was that Frank Bourne's played as an out-and-out sweeper for the whole game, but actually pushed up, obviously, well, obviously uh, pushed up whenever uh, Murphy went off, and unbelievable that he was playing at a higher lane, how much of a difference that made, put a squeeze on, on Patton, and, and that just reverberated the whole way up the field, and, and, and some of the Donegal defenders just looked really uncomfortable on the ball, found uh, an outlet pass and all that, so it was more set-piece football. Uh, it was still, as Larry says, like uh, to begin with, fairly low scoring, uh, fairly tight, and uh, and still hugely entertaining. Because I think we've 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 gone full circle now. Uh, we're crying out for these games. We're crying out for the game where you know it scores are a little bit more at a premium, harder to come by. Uh, the defending is more tenacious. Uh, completely dependent on what referee you get. Completely dependent, and see when we used when when we used to do like we've, this has been done for twenty years, maybe thirty years, forty years, maybe. But I'm just saying in my time, we analyzed referees. We began to analyze referees and what was what went and what didn't go. 
and you can you better believe it now that every inter-county game that is assigned to a certain referee, uh, you pl- the teams are playing in a complete, not a completely different way, but in a different way than they normally would. And a bit of physicality that's allowed by some referees and not allowed by others makes a, makes a dramatic difference to the, what we're watching, uh, what we're viewing on the, on the telly. And, uh, and I do believe there are a few referees out there who, are, who really want to let it go but can't let themselves. And I think David Goldrick falls into that category. And I think that's what we've seen as well at the weekend was that, you know, he's, he is, uh, he, he wants to let it go, but he, he can't allow himself. And, and I don't know whether that's because the, the, the assessors are so rigid or he's afraid not to get another game or whatever it is. But um, certainly on, on Saturday, uh, there was loads of occasions where, you know, there was an opportunity to let the game go and it was it wasn't let go. So there are a few referees who will and then there's a few referees who will who will just spoil it. And and, and that's that's a behest of the rules. So if you if I was to go to a refereeing committee and say, Listen, uh, you know, X, Y or Z you can't have sixty or seventy frees in a game and make it a, a, a spectacle for 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 supporting this, that's not what they are there for. They're there to implement the rules, but my God, there's there is a degree of common sense that is, that we're definitely losing out on. And as Larry says, you know that the black card and that, it's just it's just made things it's just made life very difficult for referees. How does Tyrone under Fergal Logan and Brian Doher differ from Tyrone under Mickey Hart? Uh, simple. Uh, in his absence, when we talked about uh, players' defensive uh, defensive units and uh, and players who shouldn't have any defensive duties, uh, Darren McCurry doesn't have any. He's kicked 17 points in the last two games. That's essentially been the difference between uh, Tyrone. Uh, I think they're they're a bit more uh, adaptable than they were. So they hadn't played an out-and-out sweeper up to Sunday, and they decided to play one on Sunday. So they're adapting. Um, I think Maddie Donnelly uh, at full forward, you know, again, gives them something a little bit different at the weekend. He'd been, like, I, I picked him up at halftime on Sunday because I thought his performances just hadn't been up to scratch, but he was very good in the, se- uh, in the second half against Donegal. Uh, showed for the ball, brought all the players into the game and just actually took on the shot. I think there's a more of a tendency for them to back themselves under this under this management. Uh, like, again, that's I'm sure that's not all down to uh, to make you hard, I'm sure that's 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 just down to maybe the fact that the, that the players maybe have more ownership of what's going on now. Uh, it's sort of the Dublin type model, um, but there are a couple of things definitely more adaptable, and uh, and they have a lad up front who's on fire. I got a text from a fairly emotional Tyrone man late enough on Sunday night. It just read Monaghan, Kerry, Mayo, Sam, and the Sam was in capital letters. And he was obviously talking about the road that stretches out ahead of Tyrone for the rest of the summer. Is he right? Is is Sam on the way back to Tyrone? Can you see that happening? Yeah, I find it very difficult to see it at the minute. They they have definitely have a road to travel uh, in more ways than one. Uh, but I I I've, I I maybe different to others. Uh, witnessed in cold blood what happened in Killarney and, and a lot of those images I'll never be able to eradicate. 
and uh, certainly definitely not for for this championship. But um, they're 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 an improving side, and uh, the one thing at the weekend, apart from the uh, maybe two or three occasions, they definitely looked a bit more solid at the back, and I think uh, Bournes give them that. But like, if they play a full out and out sweeper against against Kerry, Kerry will eat them alive, eat them alive because uh, they'll just they'll kick points from from 30, 40 yards and they're okay. They might get in for goals and they might kick 25 points against them. Yes. Mayo Galway, Larry, what do you think of the footballers of Mayo and Galway as, t- as things stand? Yeah, look, you're hard to go to Mayo over the last number of years. They, they, they possess a lot of great things. I like watching them. Um, they're just, I don't know, the, the big days again, Dublin and all Ireland fans, as we, as we know, they just seem to kind of mess up when 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 the the winning of the game was there. Like, um, they they, I just have a feeling Galway will beat them. And uh, why why would I say that? I I just think that Crow Park, even though Mayo are, are well used to it and have been there a lot compared to Galway, I just think the players that Galway have the the Crow Park will suit them, and. Um, I just think to possess a few quality forwards, uh, Galway, and that could be the telling difference. Really, that'll that'll make the difference. Um, promise to be a great game. I I, I just like the way we all play, and um, I think Galway have got into a nice routine of football as well. And uh, hopefully, it's a, it's a good free flowing game. Um, I just have a sneaky feeling Galway could take him, and. Um, and I think when the Galway get to Crow Park, they always seem to wipe the eye of Mayo. Like, and even though Mayo have, done, have been doing all the great work over the years, and then Galway come out and they win in All Ireland or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, 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 even though I've, I, my heart goes out to Mayo, and I love, I, I love a lot of those Mayo players, and they, they wear their heart on the sleeve, sleeve, and they, they've given us so much entertainment, and and so competitive. Uh, again, Dublin and other teams were blown away by them. Um, but as I said, they just uh, failed to kind of, you know, when the, when the pressure is as great as to just fail to maybe do the right things when it's when it, when it's asked. Did they fail to do the right things or were they not quite good enough? Well, I think on, on two All-Irelands they had to win at those games. Um, you know, the sending off of, of, of Donald Vaughan, like at a critical stage, like uh, 30 metre free, Dublin player being sent off. Uh, he wasn't even involved in the incident. Then a messy kind of a, a charge, like which which isn't his nature, like, and 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 gets sent off and and uh, gives me a ball thrown up and it gives me the opportunity to go point ahead at a critical stage. Of course, that was the win of the game. It was it was it was sitting pretty for them. And then we had the you know the incident. When are we ever going to see you know two own goals in, a, in in any match, but in an All Ireland final? Sure, like. You could, we could come back, lads, in a million years' time. It would never happen. Um, then the 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 change of the goalkeeper, like to just seem to just uh, I don't know. You, you'd still we we nearly be, be believing that curse is down there that uh, that that has happened them. But um, they have a lot of good things. They had a great. They, they had quality, great quality. They still have great quality. But uh, is their chance gone now? Uh, that squad of players to win all Ireland probably has. Um, a pity. Uh, we definitely thought like that they were good enough to win one, if not two All Irelands. And we all know if you do make the breakthrough, uh, 
there's a lot of baggage off your shoulders and you can express yourself a lot more and uh you know we lost uh, a lot of our fans before we won them uh and we got very nervous after we lost 87 88 after replay 89 we were very nervous again mayo and uh, again it's typical of mayo mayo had the beating of us that day in 89 but they didn't believe they could be his and um i think when it came to it, the last 10 minutes um they, they nearly let us win the game because they felt we were we should win it they were nice about it and um uh i just feel like that maybe their chance is gone unfortunately but definitely they should have had an all-earn or two down the line if either mayo or, or if mayo are to win the all-ireland this year or if galway are to wipe their eye as as you say they have to go through dublin in a semi-final after reviewing dublin Meath last weekend are we witnessing are, are we witnessing the last days before the fall of rome here is is the empire crumbling Look, they have been an exceptional squad to, to be able to keep it going for so long. Uh, maybe it's due to the, you know, naturally they have a very strong panel. Uh, they interchange their players a lot to keep everybody competitive. They have a lot of, they have four or five exceptional leaders that I talked about earlier. Um, but I do think like this, uh, there is a time, there's going to come a time when, you know, they're getting to the ball. Uh, that little bit slower, uh, they're not as effective uh, under under pressure. And um, look, haven't won enough lads. Um, no, I no no disrespect to Dublin. I've I've lots of good friends in Dublin, but um, I think they've won enough at this stage. It'd be nice to see a change. And um, would you see, would you be happy to see Kerry beat Dublin in an All Ireland final? Oh, without a doubt, yeah, without a doubt, uh, like. Uh, I wouldn't have the same maybe grow as the other car people down here, but being originally from Kildare, but uh, uh, look, um, I think it just would sense, uh, um, as you said, things are changing. We need a change. Uh, we've seen a lot of the football teams have been kind of squashed, diminished, non-existent, the margins of, of, of defeats. Uh, Leinster football has been destroyed like in, in relation to a lot of counties. Dublin beating teams by 20 points, 30 points. Is that good? Is that good for the game and these counties? What sort of an appetite would these players have going to training in October, November, December? Um, we've seen lots of other counties through the country uh, equally like getting hammered. There's a big gap between eight to 10 counties uh, to the rest of the thing. And I think that uh, the, other, the other big point is like that we'd have to look seriously at a, at a, at a at a second tier competition that's competitive to these teams and profile that second tier competition as much as the first tier competition and give them center stage on the biggest days all our final days when the second tier competition could be played uh in relation to the to the to the uh, senior final as well the, the the main one so i just think that there's an awful lot to be done with a lot of counties otherwise a lot of these counties won't exist in a few years time and uh it does nobody good, lads, as we all know, to be getting beaten by those margins. It doesn't do the team beating any good, and it certainly doesn't team uh, there's getting hammered any good. So um, a lot of things to be taught out in relation to a lot of teams, a lot of county teams out there. Oisín, the demise of Dublin. Um, I think there's definitely, there's, look, there's loads of question marks as, as far as uh, where Dublin are at right now. 
Um, like if you look at, there's probably six or seven there who are either inexperienced, maybe even more, maybe eight or nine who are either inexperienced or in in bad need of get some game time uh, and consistent game time. So I think that'll improve them. I think uh, they, look at the, the obvious thing is that they can be got at defensively, uh, even more so than before, and and not in just the hay ball or nothing. I just think. Um, it, look, John Small's big miss, um, you know, as far as just that that extra dog in there, man marker. Um, but I do think that uh, that Dublin with another game under the belt against Kildare in the semi-final. Um, this, this, look, they still have they still have the capabilities of winning all Ireland. That's uh, that maybe isn't a very obvious thing to say, but. Uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll look at Dublin after the All Ireland semi final, uh, and I think we'll then. You're, we'll have, you're, we'll, you're sitting on the fence there, Oshin, but you're you're like a politician. <laughs> I, I I actually still think that Dublin win the All Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think that Dublin win the All Ireland because I think that um, they they probably have given themselves. A little point to prove now, and uh, they'll not like a lot of the conjecture from people, people like you two boys who have more or less writ- written them off. I, I, I hold on now. Like, Last week I loved them too much, and this week I'm writing them off. I've not an opinion yet. Um, as I say, so like you guys seem to have written them off as far as, far as what I can see from reading. Well, uh, I, I, look, there have been an exception squad. I just feel we are notion. You, you, you know what I mean. You, you get to a stage. You know, it's like driving a car. It's like doing that. And you, that, that bit of miles on the clock, and you know, they've they've, they've survived a few occasions, like the last few years. Um, I, I I thought two years ago that, as I said, Kerry would take him. I just thought a bit of inexperience cost him. Um, I just think that um, Dublin are not as effective. I just see them that they're just that not moving as as quick with the ball or or free flowing as normally they would and then um, you know dublin you know playing wexford playing mead okay the the the, the one them that say that actually they didn't have to beat them by big margins but before they were hammering them out the gate like they bet me by 20 points last year like um i just think like that uh you know your body slows down i don't care how mechanically or good they are, or training they're doing, or all these things that they, they put into them. But like, I just think that uh, they're there to be taken, and uh, I don't. I just think it's time now that we we we've seen another team stepping up. Well, think, well, well when, you, when when Larry, when you when you're chatting about uh, Mayo, like Mayo have really only buckled under the intense pressure that Dublin put you under. Um, like like I can't really see how. How Galway will put Mayo under that intense pressure. I I still think that Dublin will benefit from a more settled outfit and a few more bodies back. And I think if they get to that stage and maybe you can uh, march in small back in for the um, for the Kildare game, a little bit more settled. Uh, really just have that midfield position to. To sort out, and then you're talking about a completely different animal. Plus, you're talking about a team with another All Ireland in their sights, and 
140 minutes away, and and I think then things things really change. So, like we have the good thing I think that has come out of all the questions that Dublin have to answer and the indecision from their own part is that it makes for a brilliant last four in the All Ireland. I think. I think it'll be exciting games, um, no doubt about it. I just think that um, I think with Galway Mayo, like uh, it's funny. I just think looking at the game last year, I think Galway were going nowhere after the league. They were just on a, a downward spiral, and they still came within close to Mayo. Like, yeah. And um, I just think that the Mayo have had no competitive game. Like Galway have had a good kind of a, a heart wrencher. Uh, messy day again, Roscommon, who can be difficult enough to beat down there. And, Mon- and Monaghan, in fairness, in the last yeah, week game as well. And, yeah, and and they're, they just think like that. Anytime I witness a Galway football team going to Crow Park, you know, they, 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 they can deliver. like. And uh, I just think with the change of venue, we'll help Galway. And um, I just have a sneaky feeling that they'll, they'll do it. And uh, yeah, exciting games ahead. And um, look, Dublin won't go way too easy, the Warriors, but uh, watch out. <laughs> well, the one thing I would say about Dublin is I think that the trick for every successful county is to have the best players in the county out on the field. And Stephen Cluxton is not on the field this year. Paul Mannion and Jack McCafferty should be in their prime playing for Dublin this year and not in the panel. Eric Lowndes is gone from the panel and so on. So that could end up catching Dublin in the end. So if we move to this weekend. Larry, we've been running predictions every weekend here. And to be fair to Ushin, he's he's really improved this year. Although he did uh, predict that uh, Westmead would beat Kildare, he managed to get the other matches right um, last weekend, which is a credit to him. And um, this weekend, we just have two games to predict the winners of. And if we start with you, Ushin, Cork versus Kerry. Kerry by who? A lot. By how much? Yeah, there we go. By how much? By a lot. By what's a lot? Ten, twelve, fourteen points. Okay. Larry, Kerry or Cork? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I'd have to go for Kerry. Um, By how much? I think they're given a, a handicap of eight. They'll, 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 they'll do better than that. They'll, they'll beat him by more than eight. Okay. Um, Galway Mayo. Uh, well, I've stuck my head out there earlier, so um, I have uh, massive time for Mayo, but I just think that Galway will take him. I think it'll be an exciting game. Uh, it's a game I'm really looking forward to. And... Um, I just think that the venue change will suit Galway. So Oshin. going with Galway, a couple of points. Um, I think uh, Mayo will be able to handle that that Galway forward line. Um, I think they have more dogs, more man markers. Uh, I think the change of venue will suit Mayo. <laughs> 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 um, and I think it's a bit, it's big time time for for a lot of the young young lads up front to step up. And I think Aidan O'Shea is a massive part to play in all of that 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 happens. But um, Mayo for me, because Mayo for me, and I, I get I get exactly what Larry's saying about the fact that you know they haven't been tested and they haven't been uh, you know they haven't been in a real match yet. Uh, but I think that may be the thing in the last 
15 minutes that might stand to them in that for the first time ever, Mayo are going into this stage of the championship uh, fresher than I've ever seen them. And uh, seeing to have more in the legs than, than they have done in the past. So, and that's why I think maybe that, that uh, Crow Park venue will suit them. Did you watch Kildare against Westmead last weekend, Larry? Yeah, and uh, fair play to Oshin. It was a good call with Westmead because um, my, my brothers were at the game uh, and I just seen the highlights and watch, listened to the commentary. Um, Westmead were very unlucky not to win it. So, um, yeah, they were, they were competitive. Uh, I just think that Kildare... Um, I think Kildare, are, 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 if they played Mead in the morning, I'd be fancying Mead. So... Um, Kildare going into the Lancer final, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they're as good as what people maybe are, are shouting out about. Um, I think they have a lot of they have a lot of things to get right before the Lancer final, and uh, I think Dublin could give them a drubbing. When you watch Kildare footballers playing, how do you feel? Actually, look, uh, I'd be I'd be I'd be emotionally kind of uh, in, in with them, like if that makes a, a little bit of sense. I, um, even going to the All Ireland final, I remember in '98 against Galba, um, it was just unusual, like to just be walking down the road and um, and going in to support them in an All Ireland final, like and um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's still there. Uh, Narcy still have a lot of great great friends up there, believe it or not. And um, you know, one great story in 1987 when I played my first All Ireland final with Cork. Uh, that time the the infrastructure wasn't as good and the uh, cars had to go through all the little villages and towns, but it was a nice gesture when we got to when people got to Kildare Town. The the text myself and Shay saying it was a big banner across the road, uh, "Welcome home, Shay and Larry. Best of luck tomorrow." So, um, you know that was a nice touch, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of great mates, a lot of great friends there still. And uh, look, Kildare are the type of team their supporters, as we know, are fanatical. They love the game of 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 VA. Uh, they bring you know, uh, great swagger, but just, I suppose, the biggest thing they've always probably lacked is, you know, that kind of ruthlessness, development, competitiveness, uh, leaders when it's really needed to stand up and be counted. And uh, I just have to see, um, you know, they don't seem to have enough of them at the moment. Anyway. Do you call yourself a Cork man or a Kildare man? Well, I'm in business down here in Cork, so <laughs> I, I, I need people to come into me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just interested, particularly when you see Ushin split loyalties later. It can just happen to lads sometimes. Um, we're going to leave it there for, for this week. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running this podcast, to Raf Rocket, to Tony Lean, to Renault, to everyone at Examiner Sport for making it happen. Huge thanks to Ushin and especially to Larry Tompkins for joining us. We'll be back soon. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. A grain, all right. A grain, all right. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, Hold up, what was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.